Well, in the Lewis family, we have a few things that we are grateful for that are bringing us joy. Have you heard? We're, we're having a baby. We are on one month countdown, 30 day countdown. We are, we are ready. We can't wait. And we've been waiting. It's coming. Baby Cooper is coming, and we are so excited. Everything is going to change. This is our beautiful daughter-in-law, Carly, and that's Cooper. And that is the moment we're in in the church. We're so excited. This is Advent, commemorating the coming of Jesus again. But he's not here yet, but we're waiting. And we have fierce joy in the journey. Now, as I thought about this this week, there is a, something within me that wanted to wow everybody with alliteration for illumination to take us through kind of three advents that we're looking in. The first would be the commemoration of the incarnation, followed by his life, death, and revivification. Look it up. I could say that the second advent would be the celebration of the presentation of the present active coming of Jesus at this sacred illustration. I could have said that the third advent is the restoration at his future coming and our final destination, but I'm not that smart. So we are going to just move into it today, and as we look... I want us to start with the end in mind. I get to teach seven habits of highly effective people, and one of the habits is you start with the end in mind. You have to know where you're going in order to get through the, the journey. And we just finished the journey a couple weeks ago, didn't we, Rick? Christ the King Sunday is the end of the church calendar. But it's also the end in mind. It's the beginning. It's the perfect spot that we see where we're heading. Christ the King Sunday then launches us back into Advent again to celebrate through this journey to look at Christ and his breaking through. See, he was, he is, and he is to come as Christ the King. And so here we are midway through Advent and the readings that we have today are absolutely amazing. And they give us this anticipation. If, if you remember back with me, 1973, one of the best jingles in the world when ketchup used to come in the bottle. Carly Simon's still making millions, I'm sure, for it, but you want to do a thing? Now, for the younger people that don't get it, there was a hamburger and two kids, and there was ketchup coming out so slowly, and the song came out, Anticipation, anticipation is making me wait. All right, so there you go. Now, we've got our, we've got our trivia folks here. And the, and the slogan was, it's slow good. It's worth the wait. And that is where we are today, midway through Advent. It's worth the wait. 
He is coming. He came. He's coming again. He is here. We're waiting all the way through. I love in the early church tradition that is still celebrated in the Catholic Church, there is a sacred pause in the Lord's Prayer where it says, deliver us from evil. And then there's a stop. And the priest says, deliver us, Lord, from every evil and grant us peace in our day. In your mercy, keep us free from sin and protect us from all anxiety as we wait in the joyful hope for the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And then we launch back in, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. So this is those moments that we wait in joyful hope in three advents. The advent of the birth of Jesus, the advent of waiting to come to the sacred table, and the advent that he is coming again as king. Joyful hope. We wait in joyful hope. So here are the three advents again. This is where we are midweek, and we can go to the next slide here. So after 400 years of silence, in the Old Testament, there was a silence for 400 years, and then this inbreaking of the promised Messiah was fulfilled in a stable. And I encourage you to go see the chosen Christmas story. Because it'll take you to that moment of the long awaiting and then the celebration of the incarnation that he came, he came, he came. And he was king. But how he came was unexpected. And then secondly, every week we come, we have the opportunity for his coming again in this sacred presence, in this real presence, in this real incarnation that Jesus is mystically here with us at the table. He's breaking through. And the Advent is right now leading up to the table. And then finally, anticipating that during his lifetime, Jesus taught again and again and again of his ultimate return to the kingdom. And so all four readings today, and five if we want to put in that incredible uh, interpretation of the Gospel of John. Thank you, Carol, and everybody. So all of these are really an encapsulation. Oh, there I go. Didn't want to use alliteration again. It's an encapsulation of the whole story. Everything we read today. So let's walk through it. No, let's jog through it really quickly. So let's look to Isaiah. In Isaiah, all throughout Isaiah, 25 prophecies. Isaiah wrote over four kingdoms, and he wrote about Jesus is coming. But he also wrote about Jesus is coming in the future. And here in today's reading, he talks about his final coming. For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. That Jesus will come to restore and renew all that is broken, all that is sad, all that is sinful, and it will be made new. This is where Isaiah is today. But go back and read Isaiah because it's full of the coming of Jesus' birth as well. 
He talks about both of those. And the way that I got to see that in my life was through Handel's Messiah. So you, you know some of my story, that uh, sacred music was a part of uh, my upbringing. The church was a part of my upbringing. I remember singing the Hallelujah Chorus every year. And then in college, at Ursinus College, we sang through the whole Handel's Messiah. And at the point in my life where my head and my heart connected through the Holy Spirit, I kind of got it. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're singing about Jesus. This is unbelievable. But I encourage you to read through, no, listen through, Handel's Messiah. 81 verses from the Bible are in it. 14 books are covered. 21 verses just from Isaiah. Been listening to it all week. For unto us a child is born. It's there. It's all there. And it anticipates with this sacred anticipation the coming of Jesus and the coming of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Right? It's in there. So I encourage you. Now, every year at Ursinus College, there's pictures up there are uh, from where I went to college, and it kind of looked like Hughes Auditorium. And I, I brought Mary back with me once I graduated to, I was, we were just starting a day. It was 1987. And I almost lost her at the Messiah because I didn't know this was happening, but we're sitting in the balcony. It's just an incredibly beautiful music, beautiful evening. And I'm just holding her hand, and I'm, I'm somehow, I didn't know it. I was rubbing this finger, this finger right here, just holding it, rubbing it. We had just started dating. And uh, I just looked over, and the soloist was singing. I said, oh, that's a beautiful dress. Is that satin? Isn't that what wedding dresses are made of? Not thinking. And next thing I know, Mary is in a full sweat. She is pink as pink can be, and she leaves. She's got to get air. It was like our third date. He's like, he's rubbing my wedding ring. He's talking about wedding dresses. But don't be distracted by Handel's Messiah. I do. I challenge you to listen through it this week and see the joy, the angelic symphony of the coming in breaking of Jesus, the advent of the Christ child, but also all the way through to the advent to the King of glory, Christ the King. It's all there. So that's Isaiah today, just pointing to the King of glory coming. And then we move to Psalms. And I love in the Psalms because this is so real as far as where we are today. And this is the beauty of the table, that we can bring the brokenness of the day, the hardships in our life, and know that there will be a day where it's all made new and right. Spurgeon loves to write on this. And this particularly last verse here, he who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy. And maybe I'll say fierce joy. Bringing his sheaves with them that there will be plenty of joy. So if you're a person going into this Advent season with a heavy heart, with sense of brokenness, with global despair, it's okay. We can lament in that. But there will be a day he is coming to make all things new. That's the Advent of Advent. And there will be sheaves of joy. We'll get, amen. Amen.
We'll get there. And it's all about his restoration. This psalm is a psalm, a song of restoration. I love Warren Cole Smith and John Street's book, Restoring All Things. Because they say creation, fall, redemption, restoration, the grand narrative of God's story. That even as redeemed people, we get to be right now being a part of restoring all things on earth as it is in heaven, and preparing for the day when he will return and restore all things. So we're in Advent of that. Isaiah pouring forward, the Psalms pouring pouring forward, then the gospel we come to. Again, 1973, a great year, but there was a controversial Broadway hit musical, Godspell. My sister's here, and we sang a lot as kids, and I remember singing it in choir and chorus and mass, and, and particularly this incredible scene in there in New York City where the John the Baptist character is not seen, but he's heard, and the bustling of New York City, and all of a sudden breaking through the noise. See it with me if you know it, because my voice isn't that good. But he sings, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. And then it busts out. And they sing it. And everybody's singing it. And the voice crying out in the wilderness breaks through the noise of New York City in 1973 when there's Dodge Polaris's all over the place. Few people think that's funny. And everything changes. Everything changes. So as we hit the gospel today in the Advent celebration, it's all about preparing us for the way of the Lord. Every year we do it. And this one sacred moment was the moment when it was done. Prepare your hearts. That was what John was brought for. And thank you again. John 1, we got to see the preview. And in John 3, John, the beloved, John, the baptizer, John, the baptizer, says this, he must increase, I must decrease. It's all about Jesus. The advent of the advent of the advent. Even as we come to the table, it's all about Jesus. So the gospel reading today looks at one of the most powerful people, spiritually, religiously, of the day had followers. And what did he do? He said, he is greater than me. Pointing to Jesus. That's what Advent is. It points to Jesus. And that's our call, church. He must increase. We must decrease. And finally, we head to the letter, Paul's letter. Before we get to 1 Thessalonians 5, we need to look at 1 Thessalonians 4. Again, with my sister being here, we've been to Thessalonica. We can say that. I don't know necessarily I understood it at the time. Now I know it a lot differently. But it was a church at the time that was prepared by Paul to do great things now that Jesus was gone, to prepare other people for the advent of his second coming. Read through 1 Thessalonians 4 this week. 
Jesus says this. He's coming back, and he may be knocking at the door, and the servants better be ready. And you'll be surprised when the master comes to the door. I love in 1 Thessalonians 4, it gives us hope. Now here, fierce joy, hope of the resurrection. Hope for us to know that believers who have died in Christ will be raised. That's in Messiah, by the way. The trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. I've been saying that forever. Now I get it. Those that die in the hope of Jesus will be raised again. And Paul talks about it in 1 Thessalonians 4. So we move to 1 Thessalonians 5 now. But before we get there, we have to understand what happens when he returns. This is what's going to happen. And this, thanks to my friend, sensei, professor, and mentor, Jeff James. When Jesus comes back to the servants, Paul's talked about it in 1 Thessalonians 4, this is how he comes back in his final return. He describes it himself in Luke chapter 12, verse 37. Listen to this. The servants who are ready, this is us, the church, and waiting for his, Jesus' imminent return, will be rewarded. I tell you the truth. He himself, this is Jesus talking about himself, will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. The advent of his final return is one where he calls his servants forward, and if they're found faithful, he seats them. He puts an apron on, and he serves them. That's Christ the King. And that's what we wait for, to be at the great banquet table with all those that believe, being served by the one. So that's the backstory for, for Paul here writing to Thessalonians in our final reading. So here's what Paul says to the church in Thessalonica. A couple of last instructions. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Joyful anticipation. Fierce joy in the midst of the circumstances. He is coming back. He was, he is, and he is to come. And when he comes, church, this is the best way to be ready. It's right out of the book. Admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil. Always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Gratitude. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Paul was saying the day of the Lord's going to come. We're in an advent right now. He is coming back. And as we head toward our last slides here, our love is benediction. Because in 1 Thessalonians 5, as he gives them the charge and then prays for them, he reminds them, faithful is he who calls us. And he will 
bring it to pass. He said there was going to be an inbreaking as a child. Look at the prophecies. He did it. He said that he would be born in a place and a space, that he would be killed on our behalf, that he would rise again and be seen by many. He did it. And he said he's coming back again. And Paul, in confidence, says, in this last advent, faithful is he who calls us. And he is going to bring it to pass. So today, we commemorate the advent that was. We celebrate the advent that is for us every week. And we anticipate the advent of his second coming. And so with joyful expectation, with joyful expectation, we commemorate Advent again. Be ready for the table. Come ready to receive and for him to show up. Recognize that we await an Advent of the second coming of Jesus. But we celebrate week two of Advent, the coming of Jesus, God with skin on So let every heart prepare him room, and let's pray. Father, as we look at the mystery of you who were and are and are to come, the advents of your inbreaking Jesus from the Trinity to come and save us from our sins, the advent of the sacred and mystical table every week that we participate in this great commemoration of the Eucharist, Father, and the advent of what is to come yet with your glorious second coming, your promised return, and the restoration of all things. We stop. We are grateful. And thus, we are joyful. Bless us, Lord, to be people of fierce joy because we believe and know these truths to be true because faithful are you who call us and you will bring it to pass. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.